Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. What is true freedom? True freedom is not doing whatever I feel like. True freedom comes from obedience. In just a moment, we will look at James chapter 1 to discover God's provision for man's freedom. But first, listen to the music before we hear from God's Word. Our scripture today is James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in all his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. What is freedom? Freedom is the gift we experience as the result of obedience. You cannot travel any speed, any lane, any direction on a freeway. You must obey certain laws, and those laws are what give us freedom. 
When you prepare a delicious meal, you cannot cook your food any way you choose, with random ingredients on any heat. You must obey the laws of cooking, the correct ingredients for the right amount of time at the right heat to have a satisfying result. A football or soccer player can't play any way he pleases, just doing his own thing. He must practice according to certain rules and then play the game within regulations. In our New Testament passage today, we discover God's provision for man's freedom. Freedom comes from obeying the perfect law of the gospel. Look at verse 25. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does. It is interesting that James combines obedience, freedom, and happiness in the same verse. When we obey God, we experience freedom, and that freedom produces happiness. Why does James call the gospel the perfect law? Because the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the highest form of revelation from God to man and is the completion and perfection of the Old Testament law. Where the Old Testament law showed man his inability to obey God's commands, the New Testament law of the gospel is the law of liberty, because it provides the freedom of the Holy Spirit to keep God's law. In the Old Testament, the law was a system of outward observances incapable of fulfillment. In the New Testament, the law of the gospel is an inward freedom by the Holy Spirit to keep and do the whole law in obedience to God. Now, some down through history have seen a contradiction between the book of Romans and the book of James. Luther called James the epistle made of straw because it insisted on works. But sadly, Luther was mistaken. There is no contradiction between Paul and James. Paul preached faith which works by love. James preached works that are the fruit of faith. Faith and works are two sides of the same coin of salvation. God does the work of salvation in our hearts. Works are the fruit of that salvation and follow after faith as surely as morning follows evening. Why is this true? Because all truth is incarnational. No part of the gospel is abstract. Each line cries out to be incarnated, to be enacted. Spirituality must become incarnate, just as Jesus Christ was incarnate for us and for our salvation. Now listen. The gospel is a law because it is the authoritative standard and rule of human conduct. In every word of Jesus, there is a direct moral and practical component. All that Jesus teaches us is meant to be done in daily life. He offers no elegant moralizing or abstract philosophizing. Every truth is pulsing with life and is meant to regulate our habits and conduct. There are many truths which can be believed which have no direct bearing on conduct. 
A man may believe mathematical tables or scientific laws that leave his behavior entirely unaffected. But no one can truly believe the New Testament without the reality of the gospel exerting a powerful, life-changing influence upon his thinking and conduct. Jesus himself is the rule of life. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. This principle is like a trumpet call louder and stronger than the thunder and lightning on Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. Ephesians 5 says, Be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you. Jesus is the supreme revelation of God, and he is the ultimate pattern to follow. Therefore, his model is a law for us to obey. Looking at the gospel as a law of conduct is important as a counterbalance to the modern gospel of sin management. This view sees the gospel as primarily a message of forgiveness and reconciliation with God and an escape from the awful consequences of sin. The gospel becomes a ticket into heaven rather than a living rule of life regulating all our thinking and behavior. There are duties and responsibilities that are the practical fruit of faith. If we don't see this, we must turn to James for fuller understanding. The gospel is a message of redemption, but because it is a redemption, it is also a living law of life. The law of the gospel is a perfect law because it not only tells us what to do, but gives us the power to do it. The Old Testament law stood over a man and said, Thou shalt, thou shalt not, but gave no help to keep the commands. The gospel brings power because it brings new life. The gospel tells us what to do and then supplies the life of the Holy Spirit within us to perform what it commands. Verse 25 says that the law of the gospel is the law of freedom. What he means by freedom is not freedom from the commandment, but freedom to keep and do the commandment. We are most free when we walk within the limits of the gospel and not according to the passions of our flesh. The man who delights to live by the law of the gospel is free to obey God. He is free from his own lusts, desires, and inclinations to follow the will and purpose of God. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. True freedom is not doing whatever I wish according to my desires and inclinations, True freedom is doing my duty and performing my responsibilities with joy and delight. Next, James describes the doers of the perfect law of the gospel. The first step to doing the law of the gospel is found in verse 25. James says we must look intently into the law. The word he uses for look intently is very instructive. 
It is used in John 20, where Peter, John, and Mary stooped down and looked into the empty tomb of Jesus. It is also used by Peter when he says that the angels desire to look into the mysteries of redemption. The idea behind this word is a fixed and steadfast gazing, not a brief glance at the gospel, but a constant fixed and steady looking into it. Too many people do not give the gospel a chance to work within them because God does not have their full attention. There are people who enjoy hearing a good preacher. They like listening to sermons about Christian doctrine or teaching, but have no intention of practicing what they hear. They may hear a sermon on repentance, but don't repent. They may hear a message on believing, but will not believe themselves. They are busy and preoccupied with many other things, and the gospel has little influence over them. James says that such hearers deceive themselves. Merely hearing about Jesus and his gospel will not result in spiritual transformation. Merely hearing will never produce conversion of soul, but only the total yielding of our hearts to Christ. Furthermore, mere hearers deceive themselves because they are superficial hearers. Verse 23 and 24 says that the superficial hearer looks at himself in a mirror, then immediately turns away and forgets what he has seen. The purpose of a mirror is to make oneself presentable, to wash, to clean up, to straighten clothes before going out. The living word of God opens up a man to himself and makes him see himself as he is. Once we see ourselves as sinners who need a Savior, we can come to Jesus for forgiveness. Once we see ourselves as lost sheep needing a shepherd, Jesus can find us, cleanse us, and bring us safely home. Superficial hearers are also hasty and forgetful. They read the Bible or hear a sermon, but do not let the words settle down into their hearts. They are quickly back to idle chit-chat or inane conversation. The gospel must be taken in. It requires meditation and contemplation to be effective. I enjoy watching cattle feeding on the hills. When cattle feed, they chew the cud slowly. We must chew over the word of God we hear to receive spiritual benefit. Weigh carefully what you hear. Consider it deeply. Reflect upon it. Take notes on it and ask God how you may apply what you hear to your life. The goal is to drink in the truth, beauty, and goodness of the Word of God and absorb its power deep down in your soul.
You are listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson, bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson. So paying careful attention to the perfect law of liberty is the first step to doing it. Then verse 25 also instructs us to continue looking and paying attention. We are to abide in the gospel. Jesus says in John 15, Abide in me, and I in you. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So many followers of Jesus Christ are spiritually malnourished because they will not abide in the source of life. Steadfast, continued attention is necessary if we are to become doers of the gospel. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. How are we built up and established in our faith? James tells us in verse 21, We must in humility receive the word implanted. The Bible contains the principles of the gospel and the complete revelation of God to man. We must implant that word in our minds by continual reading and meditation. It is important to cultivate the habit of contemplating the central truths of the gospel so that the life of Jesus can dwell in us, enabling us to obey the commandments. Only as we love Jesus look at Jesus, and listen to Jesus, will we receive his power to obey the commandments? The point James is trying to make is that receiving the word is not enough for the sincere Christian. Many people appear in church week in and week out. They receive the word endlessly without ever acting on it. They deceive themselves. A faith that bears no fruit is dead. Attendance must not be mistaken for faithfulness. Merely hearing without doing is ineffective. A new priest impressed his congregation with his first sermon, a charge to gird your loins for the work of ministry. The people applauded his depth of knowledge of the scriptures and his rhetorical skill. The next Sunday he preached the same sermon. The people thought that was a bit strange. And on his third Sunday in his new pulpit, he preached the identical sermon for the third time. That was more than one parishioner could take. He demanded to know, don't you have more than one sermon? 
I do indeed, said the preacher. Actually, I have quite a few, but you haven't done anything about the first one yet. What you see in the mirror should prompt an action, brushing your hair, straightening your tie, fixing your makeup. The word rightly preached is a mirror. The diligent Christian holds his life up to it and asks himself, how do I look? What must I do? Am I reflecting the word I receive in the holy place of worship when I venture out into the marketplace? Or, as a sign in a church vestibule once asked, if you were on trial for being Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? This, beloved, is a question each of us must ask. When the secular culture looks at you, does it recognize you as different from the citizens of the unbelieving world around you? He who hears and doesn't act on what he hears is deceived. He who hears and does what he hears receives blessing from God. Obedience brings freedom, which results in happiness. James now gives us characteristics of the new life in Christ in verse 26 and 27. The list he gives is hardly exhaustive, but he wants us to see what true religion looks like. Religion is a word for how we live out our love for God. One whose religion is genuine will bridle his tongue, verse 26. An ancient philosopher said, The tongue is the organ of blasphemy, the organ of defamation, and the organ of lying. In chapter 3, 6, James says, So also the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity, the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. The tongue gives voice to the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It reveals whether you are one who is brought forth into new life by God's word of truth. Then a second characteristic of the new life in Christ is verse 27. This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God our Father to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. He whose religion is pure and undefiled attends to widows and orphans, or more broadly, to those on the margins of society. Does your care for widows, orphans, and the poor reflect the mercy of your Heavenly Father, of whom the psalmist wrote, A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. Do you give from an overflowing heart with no thought of gaining a reward? For what struggling widow or poor orphan will ever be able to repay or return the favor? Are you giving your time, talent, and treasure for the good of those who are not blessed as you are? Today in America, 80% of Christians give only 2% of their income. In the Great Depression, Christians gave at 3.3% rate per capita. Today that number is 2.5%. Our Lord spoke often on the subject of money and giving. 
in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where we dispense our treasure tells the Lord the condition of our heart. Christians of all people should be generous and joyful in their giving. Many believers could afford to give 15%, even 25 to 35% or more to kingdom work. In fact, some of the early Christians gave all their income to support the work of the gospel. Finally, the one who is truly religious will keep himself unspotted from the world. Verse 27. The world is simply that system that operates on human wisdom leaving God out. It is living life apart from God and His will and purposes. John warns us in 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Much religion is a facade based on human wisdom or preference that obscures a dead faith. Finally, note the blessedness of the doers of the perfect law. In the last phrase of verse 25, we read, an effectual doer shall be blessed in what he does. Notice the in, not after, or as a reward for, but blessed in his deed. James is saying the same thing that the psalmist says. In keeping your commandments, there is great reward. The world is not arranged so that outward rewards follow on inward goodness. But God has determined that obedience does have its own reward. There is no delight so deep and satisfying as the delight of doing the will of the Lord we love. Obedience brings increased communion and union with God, and there is nothing more wonderful and joyful than that. Blessing comes to us as we do what we hear and practice what we believe. It is practice that forms holy habits and a noble character. But remember that we must first believe and then work. Good works must flow from the firm foundation of faith and trust in the gospel. Beloved, let us commit ourselves to being hearing and habitually doing followers of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father longs to see His character as expressed in His perfect law reflected in the character of His children. He has given us the model. Follow the example of Jesus, who was the doer of the perfect law par excellence, and you will neither deviate nor stumble on your journey to eternity. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things, to Him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to Exaltation on the Voice of Hope radio broadcast. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot O-R-G. 
This program, Exaltation, is designed to encourage you. Please get in touch with us by going to our website and clicking on the contact link, contact at godatministries.org. We want to pray for you. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. <laughs>